you got to take the leap sometimes. You got to take the risk sometimes. And that's that's what makes you different. Awesome Inc. presents the Kentucky Entrepreneur Hall of Fame, a show that highlights how people throughout the Commonwealth of Kentucky pursue their definition of awesome through entrepreneurship, technology, and innovation. Hey guys, thanks for checking out this episode of the Kentucky Entrepreneur Hall of Fame podcast. Finally, I'm back with Keith McMunn in the new year. I'm so excited. He is like a millionaire over there in his nice H&M hoodie and giving me a nice smirky. Garrett (laughs) Garrett knows. He's calling me. He says I look like a millionaire because he knows that I'm wearing a hoodie that I bought from H&M about eight years ago for $8. $8. That was a good investment. uh, It's showing some some wear and tear. Ian, you can see this too. I see that. Yeah, I I see that. Well, I actually just just now got a a new pair of boots and I've been like, they had a whole, my old old ones had holes in them and people at the farm actually were commenting. They were saying like, you've raised this much money. How, how have you not bought a new pair of shoes, man? I'm like, that's the millionaire look. Dude. It's, it's like, the millionaire look. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we have the honor to sit down with Ian from Adder wrapping up calendar year of 2019 with fellowship companies. After the holidays, we are picking back up. So we're excited. Ian, glad to have you in the space with your astronaut shirt <laughs> and your, and your awesome laugh. Well, you, thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. I'll, hopefully we'll, we'll uh, get some more laughs on, on tape here. So. Uh, <laughs> I hope so too. Well, okay. So you already let the cat out of the bag that you've raised some money. You've raised some money, but you've, uh, so your style, have you upgraded your style since raising money? Is uh, that what you're talking about? No, <laughs> that was, that was actually the question was, uh, Hey Ian, you've raised this money. Why do you still have these same old boots that you wore when you were a construction yeah. photographer? Well, so. well, tell us, tell us about the NASA shirt that you're wearing right now. Um, yeah, my, my NASA shirt while, while probably sourced from a, Equally excellent source such as H&M, a target, if you will. Um, there you go. Buzz Aldrin collection. Come fight me. <laughs> you know, I, uh, uh, this is a shirt that I always wear when, I, uh, when, I, when I'm in the right space, I feel like. You know, it's like, get the, get the head space. This is my head space shirt. Wait, so, so. do you really have clothing or uh, so now I guess we're already <laughs> launching into like superstitions, but do you have, no, no, do you no. have any superstitions or things that you do like when you know when I have like stuff happening or like, I mean, like something yeah, going on or? if you're, if you're going to meet with an investor, do you have like a lucky pair of underwear? <laughs> Not underwear. I, I actually do have, um, my, my socks that I'm wearing. These are my, like my good luck socks. Um, they're my girlfriend made them for, for me. Uh, they're wow. my, my dogs, um, on either sock. One, my, my, my dog Boone on one sock, my dog Nova on the other kind of have my team got my back. You know? That's so, that really is awesome. Yeah. Well, speaking of headspace, we are in the studio room here at awesome Inc. And so we want to fill people's head and potentially some space in there with some awesome wisdom, some great stories. So Ian, why don't you give us, whoops, that was Keith's I think, phone. I think that might have been me actually. No, Sorry. you're good. You're good. <laughs> why don't you go ahead and tell us what Adder is, how you started this company, all the good stuff to let people know the great work that you're doing. Sure. Um, so Adder today is very different than when we got started in 2017. Uh, any startup that's been around for a couple of years that's still around probably has a story kind of like that. But right now, um, what we do is we tell outdoor advertisers who saw their billboards, who saw their outdoor ads, and then what the story is of that that person after they see that ad. And that's not going so far as to know who that person is specifically. We don't like to collect that kind of information. We don't collect that. But we like to tell billboard advertisers, hey, this is who saw your ads, and this is how how effective they were. Essentially, what we're trying to do is become what we like to call analytics for the real world, um, kind of like Google Analytics for outdoors, if you will. Yeah, okay. Um, but that's, that's where we are now. Um, getting started, though, is a very different company. Um, 
people might more have compared us uh, as like a kind of like an Uber for advertising or NASCAR for everybody, uh, where we would wrap everyday people's vehicles in advertisements and uh, track where those ads went. So the the problem we had kind of led to the innovations that we created, and that's ultimately what we're finding is is actually valuable to a lot of our customers. Yeah, that's sweet. What are what are some big big takeaways that you've learned since your pivot with your company? Oh man, um, not to fight it for one thing. Um, but then really, you know, when, when you've gotten to a point where you realize, Hey, I've got something that we thought was going to work. And now I've found something that actually does work. It was hard to say goodbye to a lot of the things that didn't. And I think that was a really valuable experience for me. It was kind of painful because I was like, Oh, I've got my baby here and I've got to slowly put away these things that I kind of set out to start originally. I mean, Adder was supposed to be the, the reason it was it used to be Adder Mobile Technologies was because we had mobile advertisements, okay. vehicle ads. And uh, it's so so the lesson learned, though, after all this, um, don't be afraid to like let go of all of those things, because focusing on one particular thing, as we've discussed already today, like that's been the lesson that I've been like had hammered in the last 12 months. Like, look, you do one thing, dude. And you do that well, and then you can do whatever you want. <laughs> you get to that point. You can go for. You can go Jeff Bezos once you have your AWS, right? So uh, find your AWS, I guess, in my case, or find your hot dog and Keats. Like that. So, that, yeah. that makes me think of Star Wars Episode Nine. Just let the past die. <laughs> Sorry for the spoiler there, Keith. Yeah, now it's ruined. Wait, isn't that eight? <laughs> Actually, it might be eight. I think it was eight. Okay, one so you're all good. See, unspoiled. Yeah. Somebody yeah. save me from this Star Wars conversation. <laughs> How go deep back. is this going to go? Very. <laughs> well, tell me so. Ian, tell me about your, so Adder's not your first entrepreneurial journey. No, no. Uh, you've, you've had kind of a, a diverse journey, if you will. <laughs> yeah, you could say that. What, uh, what came before Adder? Well, um, one thing I like to say about, as a note to explain this, is that I've, I've always tried to be, I, I try to be outstanding in my field. Uh, and it was very literal before Adder. I uh, kick-started a farm in my senior year of college, uh, a community-supported agriculture or CSA farm. Um, we started in Lexington. It was called Howlin' Wolf Farm. Some of you may remember that. I don't know if you guys, you guys saw it or if you saw any of that stuff that we were doing or not. But we were really active in the farmer's market. We were trying to build this grassroots movement. Um, and that was that was my first entrepreneurial experience. And it, it was cut a little short because the land was, was put up for sale. And I, I just did not have the $2 million laying around to make an offer on that that development. Of course, that would not have been a good use of that $2 million. Where, where was it? Where was the land? Um, Yarnolton Pike. So like actually uh, out Leastown Town Road. Okay. Yeah, like midway to midway is what yeah. I tell people. Midway and, to midway. Yes. And, and your senior year of college, what like how did that start? Why? Um, we had to put together a uh, a proposal. Essentially, like our our kind of our capstone project was to put together a plan to make a sustainable uh, closed loop farming system of some kind, some kind of agricultural system that would essentially attempt to produce obviously more than it, it takes in in the first place, but attempts to not take in any outside resources. It's like, that's the idea of the closed loop. Um, now that's obviously very hard to do. It's, it's kind of almost, it's, it's impossible to have a, a zero friction system. Right. Um, but that was the goal. And so like what our, our senior projects were was to, to propose basically like, here's my mini farm or here's my version. Um, I'm trying to think uh, food chain, for example, okay. you know, where they've got their aquaculture. That's kind of like the same kind of project that you might see proposed in that. Um, and it was just a project proposal that got out of hand. Basically I told them, uh, here's, here's how this would all work. I started doing the paper and I was like, you know what, I'm going to go find some of this land and just give it a shot. Um, and yeah, there started selling go. a couple farm shares on Kickstarter and, uh, then yeah, bought our first tractor, which was an ATV. I got off of eBay. So stuff like that. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> Man, I think that that's one of the things that like college students need to realize is that the projects that they work on for their class mm -hmm. are like in, in so, sometimes they're hypothetical and they're yeah. just to get a grade at the end of the semester. Mm -hmm. But, uh, man, like 
tap into it. I mean, you're doing real work right. and learning real things that uh, why not, you know, why not act on it? So well, it seems like you did that. And, and I, I, I try to. Um, and I appreciate that. I think you're absolutely right about students needing to realize the opportunity that they have because um, thankfully, I've I've been been blessed to have met some some great people that have wanted to help us out and just you know awesome people that want to assist us and, and give us whatever kind of advice and feedback they can. But you're not owed that in the entrepreneur community. You are owed that when you pay for an education, and you will get that from a teacher. The teachers always give me, oh man, my professors. I wish I listened to them because um, they had so much to share that I, I think I probably would have gained quite a bit from just like keeping keeping my ear to the ground and really taking advantage of that opportunity when I had it. Because uh, looking back, I'm like, oh man, I would love to run these ideas by these people. And now I, I just do it. Like I mean, you get on LinkedIn, you know, go go reach out to somebody that you would think is completely impossible to talk to, and just see what happens. You know, reach. At least reach, because otherwise you're not you're not going to get anything if you don't even try. Yeah. So. Uh, so okay. So where were you, and what were you doing when you thought of Adder or recognized the problem that Adder can solve? <laughs> um, where was I? I think I was walking out of the meeting I had with the property owner of my farm when he would he asked me if I would come down to McAllister's in Lexington and say, "Hey, like you want to come and get lunch?" I was like, "You're gonna break up with me, aren't you?" Um, <laughs> McAllister's, that's the breakup spot. It is the break. It's, yeah, it's, I guess so. <laughs> Boyfriends don't don't go to don't go to McAllister's if your girlfriends want to ask you to get lunch or anything. They're exactly. gonna break Just up like, with you. Especially on a double date. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, uh, I think it was almost immediately after that he told me, Hey, I'm selling the land. Obviously I'll sell it to you for less if you want. Cause you know, I like you, but I can't, man, I can't maintain this. I'm getting old. Um, and don't want to have this as a burden. And so I, I really appreciate him. Let me know. I was his property manager for years. And so I was like, okay, thank you. Like how much time do I have? Uh, I was, uh, it was really cool of him to let me know that I had 12 months until he was actually going to try to get 12 months to come up with 2 million, 12 months to either come up with 2 million or to get out. Right. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, and we weren't trying to come up with 2 million for that. We didn't think that was really feasible, but it, we did a, we did a, a remediation contract, took care of the land and uh, made sure it was better off than, than we started off with it. Um, but during that whole process, almost immediately walking out of McAllister's, I picked up my phone and called one of my friends that I've been talking about, like just trying to do anything I could with business wise. And, um, we met up that night. He drove in from from Henderson, Kentucky, which is Western Kentucky, and we talked for probably about four days about that. Not straight. I mean, there's a little bit of sleep, but as much as an entrepreneur can get when they're excited about something. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that was very, very quickly after um, that process. I kind of thought of it as, okay, what's my next CSA? Um, I don't have another CSA farm. Was community supported agriculture is what that means. What about community supported advertising? And what about advertising that supports a community? And that was the idea um, that the buy-in can go both ways. Instead of um, companies just extracting value, they would also have to invest into that community to like pay a person to put their, you know, to, to buy in. Um, and that was really the, the idea was that my farm was based on buy-ins into, you know, the the food production process, and the other one's like, hey, buy into buy into business a little bit, and this business will buy into you. And then it doesn't have to be this this one-sided, almost exploitative relationship. It can be something that is almost collaborative. Mm -hmm. um, and that was the idea. It's like, hey, get a Walgreens out in your car and then drive to Walgreens and then you can spend your money that you just made at that store on the thing you were going to buy anyway. So that was kind of the, the the pitch that we would make. But it could be, you know, any any kind of business or whatever. Um, and that was the idea. So not gotcha. a plug for Walgreens. Sorry, I, I do love Walgreens, but this is not a yeah. paid Walgreens. <laughs> we're going to go after Walgreens for Please this episode do. and ask them for some sponsorship <laughs> dollars. You know, it's about time. Well, and I, I wanted to say this. This is off the cuff. It's cool hearing that you were so community focused back then. And that's still what was a main, I guess, a main hinge point with your idea. And we, we have a good friend here named Bryce Anderson who runs Breakout Games. And he was talking at one of our mentor sessions about you can't really get the most out of a community unless you make sure you're investing. So I want to ask you 
other than Adder, how are you finding ways to invest in your local community? Ah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, so it's actually kind of funny. I was recently selected um, as an, as a young entrepreneur. I'm, I'm 28 years old. Uh, I've been running my own business for six years now. Um, and that's not exactly like, you know, you're not like, you're not at the top of the pyramid there, obviously, you're, you're still pretty early days. Um, but I was just selected as a, as a mentor for GLI, the Greater Louisville Initiative, um, awesome, a couple brother. of weeks ago. So, yeah, I, I, I was... Congratulations, I was, that's great. Thank you. Yeah, I, was, I was really excited about it. And then they they paired me up with my mentee, um, and he's, he's a guy that works in aerospace engineering, hardware, stuff that I'm like super into. I was like, wow, whoever did the selection, I don't know if you were paying attention or if you just got lucky, but this is awesome. Uh, we called, we got along really well. I'm, I'm really excited about working with this guy. Um, but I like, I like working with anybody that's wanting to do something that doesn't think that they can. Like I, I try to find people like that. And like, that's what I, my experience was. I was down in Atlanta for three and a half months, um, with another accelerator called the farm. And down there, I found so many people that were like, close to they had an idea but they didn't think they could do it and they're like hey and what makes me different than you i'm like nothing literally nothing just go work like <laughs> the amount of hours i work maybe is the difference between the two of us and if you can just wrap your head around that and do something you love then then you'll you can attain that i will i love to share with people like just my experience then share stories about people that like small groups of people that did amazing things like going to the moon the the apollo command module would not have been able to re-enter earth's atmosphere safely if it were not for four old ladies in a warehouse filling little epoxy holes on the heat shield. So that was a critical part of that mission. We would not have, pe- people could have died if they did it wrong. It's four people that made that big of a difference. So I tell people that and they're like, oh man, I'm like, well, there's so many stories like that. And I, I want to be one of those stories. I want other people to be that story too. I love that. Well, I don't know. There's a movie that came out about that. I forget the name of it. Hmm. Um, but even as you're talking, what what comes to me is a lot of what you're sharing, it revolves around the beliefs you have in your mindset. So a lot mm-hmm. of people, when they don't believe in themselves, they're not going to put forth the effort. So it's cool to know that that's something that you're passionate about. You mm-hmm. believe in whatever you want to do. Yeah. And again, that's why we're here today because yeah. we think you are killing it in Kentucky and we're super proud of you. Appreciate it. So a uh, couple more things as we wrap up. You hinted on it with your time in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. What's one of the main things you've learned in the last year about being an entrepreneur? And if you could tell yourself, oh man, I wish I would have done this <laughs> a year ago, you would have potentially done something different with your company. There's a couple of, there's so many things I've learned, but I think the biggest, the most important thing, and this is almost kind of goes against what I've just said, but it's like, no one is saving. This is coming to save us. You got to save yourself. Like no one is going to come and just rain it down upon you. You have to go get it. And people will help you. People will, will might be the ones to get you there, but they can't get you there unless they know. And I think that's like something that's been really hammered into me is like, I used to kind of resist getting like out and networking out. Like I, my co-founder Colin and I used to always argue about how much time was spent networking. I'm like, Colin, let's do work. He's like, this is work. I'm like, no, it isn't. So uh, really have had to change my mind about that quite a bit because plugging in has made such a huge difference for me um, in terms of just like what I'm able to do for the community, what the community wants to do for me, my place in it. And then like just feeling a little bit more like of a center around all of it. I feel a lot better about all of it. Um, instead of just being some guy that works behind a computer all day, I get to go out and interface with people and interact with people that like really want to do things. And like, I, I, I was looking at one of my, my new contractors business cards. I didn't realize it until today. I was like, Oh, the back of this thing just says, I just want to change the world. And I was like, that's, those are the kind of people I want to meet, you know? So I was, I was like, Oh, that's cool. So. Ian, what is a good habit that you have that you think gives you an edge or that you might encourage other people to try to think thinking is a good habit to be succinct when possible and to slow down. These are things that are not intuitive to me. And so like, these are things that I have to try to do. And I fail at them all the time, but that doesn't mean that I can't keep trying. Yeah. And I, I hear that actually, that's one of the most common things I'll hear after a presentation that's not like geared towards specifically like investors in the crowd. It's like, Ian, 
slow down. Enjoy yourself. Yeah, like I am. But that means okay, slow down. So yeah. so we can hear you. I am in the saying, room. So. I am in the room right now with two fast talkers. <laughs> Keith, that I think you just mean one. I talk really slow. We are both yeah, actually right, really Garrett. good at doing this voice. And <laughs> but uh, man, you guys are exciting people. You're excited about life, so you can't contain it. Mm-hmm. That's which true. you know, well, I don't think we should. I don't think like anybody should try to contain that. It's just a matter of be try to try to clarify whatever that is. Think about what that is and how people are, are absorbing it because there's a bigger picture. Yeah. And and making sure that I think that you're able to actually interface and communicate. Like if it was just the two of us, we could probably go like, yeah, like 300 words a minute. It'd be fine. Yeah. But it'd be like just listening to Eminem over here, like rap God. But wow, that's a, that's a compliment. I've <laughs> ever heard one. Well, well hey, and let me let yeah. me ask you this. So you're talking about thinking. I agree with Keith. I think some of the most valuable time is when you just sit in solitude or you might have a pen and paper and you don't look at technology or anything. What do you do that helps you think more clearly? Oh, I do. That's actually very, very funny that you said that. Um, I, I use notebooks for like so many things. Okay, cool. I, I write and write and write. Um, I don't come up with like great ideas behind a keyboard. Like it's just not there. Um, I have to like kind of carry a notebook around and just wander <laughs> sometimes. I actually um, did that yesterday. I took a 20 minute walk and took mm-hmm. a notebook and stopped and wrote stuff down. Yeah. And it was some of the best work I've done in a while. Seriously, though, like walk and talk. Like the, 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 the I saw a little thing up about like, um, shower thoughts and how you, sh- you shouldn't want to like do a job that's not something you think about in the shower and I was like that's when I like seriously though like that mm. I mentioned running water in meditation um, <laughs> that that man like start writing stuff down like I wish I could carry paper with me like in the in the shower but like you know even just like walking around like getting caught in a, a thunderstorm stuff like that like yeah. just living a little bit and like Man, it makes such a huge difference. Like that, so yeah. for anybody listening, what Ian is referring to is that in the Awesome Inc. space, we have a poster uh, of a quote from Paul Graham, uh, one of the kind of the founders of Y Combinator. And uh, and Paul has this kind of simple quote, but it says, it's hard to do or it's hard to be really great at anything that you don't think about in the shower. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is one of the most profound little quotes to me for some reason. Yeah, I took a picture of it when I was walking by it. And I, I like that. I, and whenever I tell people this quote, uh, and I always give, I always give credit to Paul Graham, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it gets people thinking like, huh, what do I think about in the shower? And mm-hmm. unfortunately some people, some people don't think about their job in the shower. Mm-hmm. Um, some people are like, yeah, I don't want to think about my job at all whenever I'm not at my job yeah. or at work. Um, and you know, if you're anti thinking about work in the shower, <laughs> then you're probably not going to be an entrepreneur. Right. Um, but yeah, so good, good food for thought. Think about what you think about in the shower. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. I, can't, I can't, couldn't agree more. So. Yeah, no, I agree as well. Well, and we're going to wrap up here and we always end with the same question. And you have, you have the, the floor right now. I want you to share all your wisdom. If there are one or two things and you might've hinted at them, but maybe geared towards something else. But if there are one or two things you could tell any entrepreneur they could be starting at 18. They could be quitting their job at 60 and trying a venture for the first time. What are the one or maybe one or two pieces of advice you would like to tell them to encourage them? Going back to the story about the, you know, the, these four, these four women that, that built the heat shields anything's possible. And, and, and that's kind of a cliche almost, but it's like, seriously though, go look, go read about people. Anything's possible. It might not be possible right now with what you're doing. Figure out what you got to do. Ask people, work hard, like don't stop. I mean, focus on whatever that is. And actually allocate the time for it because, like, I know so many people that have a great idea and they're passionate about it. They say, I'm going to grow this business. Eventually, I'll quit my job when it can pay me. It's like, no, you, you got to take the leap sometimes. You got to take the risk sometimes. And that's that's what makes you different. And it's like you're willing to do that. You're willing to put yourself on the line there for a thing that you think 
is a good idea. Now go out and try to prove that it's actually valuable is the second thing that I would say is actually probably, I want to go ahead and put that in first position. <laughs> go ahead and make sure what your idea is is actually going to benefit somebody. It's going to solve their problems. It's going to help their pains. Like otherwise, I mean, it's a, it's a hobby. So you want to make sure that your business is actually a business before you start it. I think that's super important. I think that that, that alone, like identify what the problem is, who that customer is, how you're going to help that customer because you don't know more than them about their problems. They do. So figure that out. Customer discovery is everything. Yeah. That's good. I could not yeah. agree more. Well, Ian, I'm pumped that you got to come hang out with us today. It's it. awesome. Had a good time eating Joel's for lunch. Yes. And yes. looking forward to the next year with you in the fellowship, watching Adder crush it. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thanks, Ian. Appreciate you. Yeah, thank you all very much. I'm, I'm very glad to be here. So thank you all. All right. Well, that's it. We want to say thank you again so much for checking out the Kentucky Entrepreneur Hall of Fame podcast. Special thanks to Lee Rosevere for the music that you hear in the show and to Lexington's Awesome Inc. for hosting us from their space. Again, I'm Garrett Farbach. Make sure to check back and tune in next time. We'll see you then.